Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 276 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is Russ, and joining with me are Jim, Daryl, and Chubb. Yo. Aaron is still on assignment. The funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> it's that time. Happy Halloween. I know. We did the pumpkin thing tonight. My kids are psyched. Nice. They're going, they're going as Mario and Peach. Nice. <laughs> it's actually going to be cold here for Halloween. It's There's like a front coming through that day. The high is going to be like 55. Wow, it's going to be warm. That's cold? <laughs> well, cool. I said cool. Yeah. I mean. Oh, okay. I forget you're in Texas. How, how, considering today was like 78, so, you know. Yeah. It's Halloween funny. is funny. Like, when the kids were little, we'd always have to pick two different costumes, a hot costume and a cold costume, because there's yeah. one year my daughter, my, my mother-in-law made her, like, a bunny costume. Like, it was it was basically like a pair of footy pajamas as a bunny costume, and she'd sweat so bad because it was, like, one of those Halloweens where it was, like, 85 or something like that, so... You never know. It's it's either yeah, one or the Texas, other. In Texas, it's crazy. It's going to be scorching hot or freezing cold. Yep, it's one or the other. So anyway, we're not here to talk about Halloween. Well, sort of. Happy Halloween, though, everybody. Yes. I hope you have a good one. Yes. Uh, we're here to talk about The Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 4, Silence the Whisperers. And we're just going to get right into it this week because there was no news. I don't... I didn't Unless I'm missing something. Mm, no. I can't. I don't think I heard or saw anything. Yeah. So no, no, no news. No, not so much. All right. So we'll get into this episode. Uh, it starts like it ends with, is it just me or when shows have like opening and closing music, is it always just terrible or is it just me? It's not just you. It just depends on the music, though. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't work, it's very noticeable. Oh, man. I think. Uh, like When it works, it's just like it works, and it just kind of like blends in. But when it doesn't work, it really sticks out. It's just that I sappy... I don't know. When most shows do that, when they play that, just I, I don't know. It just turns me off. I'm just like, just... It, I, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm, I mean, how I just kind of tuned that out. How many seasons did it take you to block out that song they played to Torture Daryl, right? (laughs) Was it Happy Town or whatever it was? Easy Street, living on Easy Street. Easy Street, thank you. But that really had a purpose. Please, please, yeah, reignite that uh, neuron in my brain. Thanks so much. (laughs) At least that had a purpose. I mean, that, that that was there purposely to be... I know, I get it, but you know, I'd yeah. successfully forgotten the melody. Now I have to drink more beer. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. I'm always there for you, Jim. Yeah. But this episode starts with a family dinner. Uh, everybody's kind of in a fairly good mood. Um, Daryl is, is actually smiling and laughing and sits down. He, he brings some food up to Carol, who's staying upstairs. Um, 
Yeah, I was wondering if it was a fever dream again with him, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was, he was overly happy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like a montage uh, kind of open where um, we see Lydia. She's obviously feeling like she's having a hard time fitting in. Um, it, there's, a, there's a scene there where it should, it's Gabriel and Rosita. They're, they're walking with the baby. And then Sadiq comes outside and he sees them and then it sound, it seems like he, he he goes back inside and it almost and then they, they kinda intercut that with Lydia and it almost seems like she thinks that Sadiq saw her and then walked away. I, I don't know if you I don't know if you guys picked up I, on that. I thought that's kinda what they were implying, but I wasn't sure either. I I, I took it as she misunderstood the fact that he's having a hard time dealing with the whole like Rosita, him, Gabriel, Eugene living situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that might be adding to his stress. <laughs> so um, that's why he walked away and she just kind of took it funky. Um, there's, there's a little montage. Magna, we see Magna and Yumiko getting it on. Having a little nightcap. Brown chicken brown cat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's kind of the montage he opened. Uh, we cut to Ezekiel, and he's obviously not doing well. He's he's having his own battle of of PTSD uh, going on, and it doesn't help that you know him and Carol are not together anymore. And all of a sudden, he's he's at the hilltop. We hear this loud crashing noise, uh, a bunch of wind, and then he runs outside, and a big old tree has come through the fence and onto. I take it, it was was it onto a lookout tower? Or was it onto it was onto it was a, a house, wasn't it? It's was a, a barn. It was yeah. a barn full of people. Yeah, because there were like nine people yeah. that were injured. Yeah, because well, and my question, I don't think I ever figured this out either. Was it the heavy winds that knocked the tree over? Was it the horde closing in that knocked the tree over, or did the whisperers cut the tree over? Well, it it definitely well, wasn't the horde. That- I was going to say, that kind of becomes a point of contention, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. When we get to the end of the episode, yeah. Sean even bring, yeah, yeah, we'll bring yeah. it up. Oh, okay, because I'm just not sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, it's purposely non-definitive. Um, back at Alexandria, as all this is going on at the hilltop, uh, Aaron is, is doing more training of some folks uh, for, for his little army, and they a bunch of them... Uh, a, a small group of them start making fun of Lydia. One of them takes like a sack and puts it over his head and um, and kind of teases her, and uh, and she walks away. Um, and then then we cut to uh, Michonne and Judith, and uh, they're they're kind of on the road. So obviously, with what's happened at the hilltop, they let Alexandria know they're kind of, they're on their way to to give some help. So it's Eugene, it's uh, it's Michonne, it's uh, it's um, Judith um, and that group that that's going, and and Judith and Michonne start to have this conversation while they're being pulled in their little uh, little wagon two, car, wagon car. Two, I'll say two horsepower soccer mobile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Judith asks what happened. You know what happened with Alpha, why they took the territory, all that kind of stuff. And Michonne tells her the truth. You know, she doesn't try and sugarcoat it and tell her, oh, or try and you know sugarcoat what's going on. She actually tells her. You know, hey, uh, Carol tried to shoot Alpha, and you know, instead of of attacking us, they took more territory. Um, and then they kind of have this conversation about bullies, and Michonne is 
is just honest with her and says like, hey, sometimes you can live with bullies. Sometimes you can't. You know, sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and sometimes you need to, uh, to not sit there and take it. Um, but she said never take them at their word. Never take a bully at their word. Uh, you know, to, you know, being able to live with a bully doesn't doesn't mean that you have to just kind of take everything they they have to say. Um, well, I mean, the I like the the part of this conversation I took away was um, Judith telling Michonne that uh, the the whispers were treating her the way she treats RJ. Yep. And you know, lets RJ run around and run around, use all this energy up until there's no more energy to put up a fight. Yep. And that's a pretty accurate assessment of what happened last episode. So yeah, and, and what she even says, "Well, hey, RJ's good for something now." I yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, that was a funny, funny little bit. Um. So yeah, I like that. I like that exchange. I, I like the fact that they're showing that Michonne is willing to kind of lighten up a little bit, kind of like I guess she's going through the same thing with Judith, kind of that Rick went through with Carl, right? Like he had a hard time. Uh, Letting him do the things that are, you know, that would in a normal situation be relegated to adults and not children. And I think Michonne is having an easier time letting kind of letting it go. And maybe it's because she saw firsthand, you know, how how it was with Rick and Carl and, and you know, Rick trying to be overbearing and protecting Carl and, you know, what ended well, up happening. Realizing you got to grow up faster in this world now. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe if she and she, I think she realizes Judith kind of like Carl is not going to sit still and she's not going to do what she's told. So you could either embrace it and try and put some boundaries around it, or you can just let let her, you know, kind of run wild. So she is a Grimes. That's right. Or or is she? <laughs> um. So as they're, as they're walking along, they see. Uh, Ezekiel running up on his horse and he seems kind of dazed and out of sorts. And so Michonne tells the rest of them, Hey, keep going ahead. I'll be right behind you. I'm going to go see what's going on. And so she goes to follow Ezekiel and even gets to a part where she sees his horse and he's not on his horse. Like his horse is just, just wandering past her. And she finds him on the bridge, uh, the infamous bridge. And he's standing on the edge of it, uh, just kind of in a daze. And, um, Michonne is able to walk up there and kind of talk him, literally talk him off the ledge. Uh, and they, they kind of, in, they ha- have a hug and then he kisses her and it's kind of one of those awkward kisses, but yet at the same time, Michonne didn't really move swiftly to pull herself away uh, either. So, uh, so they had a bit of a moment as it were. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, so then back at, at uh, Alexandria. Dreadlock dread lovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. From The Walking Dead. Uh, so back at Alexandria, Negan and Lydia are having a conversation. Uh, and Negan tells her, you know, like, hey, they're trying to get a rise out of you. They, they want you to react and respond. So don't. Um, and she's like, yeah, I know you told me to basically just, you know, smile at them and, and – uh, and he's trying he he understands her and you know she's just trying to deal with the fact that she's you know especially now that Henry's gone she she and and everything going and after the the piking of the heads incident like Lydia's not in a great place and and in the way people she doesn't have many allies there now no she doesn't uh and so Daryl stumbles on her and sees her talking to Negan and tells him to 
you know, to, to leave her, you know, to basically get away. And he he pulls, uh, uh, you know, Lydia away. And they go back to the to the house where they're staying, and written across, you know, spray painted across their door is written "Silence the Whisperers." Dun dun dun. Um, back. We have a title. We have a title. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, back on the road, uh, Ezekiel Ezekiel uh, apologized for kisses for kissing Michonne, and says that. <laughs> Um, she's like, no, this is fine. And he's like, well, uh, you know, I'm not at the top of my game or anything. So it was just kind of a funny little exchange. Um, well, the funny part was when he says maybe they could have been together yeah. in another, in another universe. universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. I, yeah. Um, because. But he, he tells her he's a, he's a broken man. You know, he, he he's, he, he's visibly and, and absolutely a broken man. And she says, you know she's been there. You know she's she's been where where he his bat where he's at in his head. Um, and she tells him, look, look, it, it was even harder the second time around. Like, is it, she she starts talking to him about what happened to her when she lost her family, when she was out on her own, and how she came across walkers and uh, would kill him with the sword, and then she felt like it was almost like the sword was, uh, you know, on autopilot for her. And so she put the sword down, and then she was killing walkers with her bare hands. Uh, and then she got to the point where she was just like she wished that they would kill her, um, and she they would bite her. And then she she got over it. But she said it's much harder the second time around when she knew that there was somebody that was a partner and had her back and was there for her, um, and and that she had her. It sounded like she's still kind of having a hard time. But I, I think, unlike Ezekiel. Who lost, you know, Carol and Henry? Really, uh, you know, Michonne has uh, Judith, and she has Archie. And Shiva. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Ezekiel doesn't really have anybody, so he's having to deal with this like she did the first time, right, on her own. Whereas, you know, now it's it's harder for her the second time, but she she has uh, people to to fall back on. So, um, but she tells him, you know, hey, next time you decide to, and he's like, be stupid, and she's like, well, just. You know, don't don't go off by yourself. You know, just but basically, she's there for him and, and to reach out, and that that seems to kind of snap him back. Like after that, I think Ezekiel yeah. uh, kind of has his moment where he feels like you know he has some some worth, and he's. I think he just needed some time to clear his head and and you know kind of do his own thing. And I think Michonne validating how he feels and and relating to to the fact that she felt she's felt that way too. That you know he's not the only one. To feel this desperate and and to to go through this, I think is is kind of what helped them too. So yeah, she left out the part though that when she got over it, then she ripped their jaws off, cut off their arms, and put them on chains. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> walking around. Um, so we come back to the hilltop, and the walkers are starting to push through. Like things are starting to get a little dire there. They're they're still trying to get things cleared out. Uh, they can't. The problem is wh- where the tree fell. There's so much debris, and the barn is collapsed. They can't get over there to repair the fence. So they know it's just a matter of time before it's coming down. Um, so back at Alexandria, Lydia decides she's going to get a one up on the bullies and grabs a squirrel, sits down at the bench while they're eating, pulls out her knife, and starts to clean and dress this uh, squirrel right in front of them. And uh, of course, they get they get mad about you know they they get up and leave and start you know getting mad at her. Um, 
Daryl approaches her later and says, you know, he she says, well, they deserved it. And he's like, yeah, I agree with you. He goes, but you can't be doing shit like that. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was kind of funny. And Daryl's like, hey, look, I, I'll I'll talk to him. I'll tell him to cut it out. And she's like, you know, you, you I don't want you fighting my battles. Because, again, you know, she, this is something she's got to deal with. And Daryl's not always going to be there. So she's got to find a way to deal with it herself. Um, and so, of course – Right after they have that conversation, Lydia walks outside and they ambush her. Margot and her her group ambush her, and they just start beating the crap out of her. And Lydia tries to fight off for a little bit, but um, but eventually they just they just get the best of her. And of course, Negan stumbles along, grabs grabs Margot, flings her away, and she ends up whacking her head on the cement part of the foundation and pulls the other uh, the others off of her. Um, and Lydia's hurt pretty bad at, at this point. Um, you know, they, 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 they put a, they threw a beating on her pretty good. Um, and then we cut the rest of the group arrives. So, so, you know, Aaron shows up, uh, Daryl shows up, Sadiq shows up and Sadiq starts to have another one of his episodes where he sees, he goes to check on Margot, and Margot's clearly dead. Uh, and he starts to freak out like he's, his vision gets blurred He's, you know, he, the ring in his ears and he has that look in his eyes. So he ends up getting up, puts some ice in a bowl and some water and just shoves his head in it and starts yelling into the bowl to kind of just like, I guess, snap him back. Um, the interesting thing is to kind of go with my theory from last week. I was is, wondering about that. Yeah. So Nathan starts treating uh, Lydia with her injuries and there's no Sadiq. <laughs> You but, mean Dante. Or Dante, I'm sorry. I don't know why I yeah. said Nathan. Dante. Um, so, again, it makes me curious as to... But it could still be... Your theory could still be because, I mean, we saw Tyler Durden in scenes that didn't have Ed Norton. Yeah, and the, you notice they never so, mentioned him. You know, the, it, I don't recall them mentioning him by name. You know, Daryl says, oh, Dante, he didn't say Dante's healing her up. He's like, oh, you know, she's... She's you know, pretty not good, you know. Because I'm wondering, is he supposed to be based on the Dante in the comic? Because they're nothing alike. But yeah, when well, either is Sadiq, so true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Daryl goes to to her and apologized um, to her, and she tells him like Negan saved he saved my life, um, and you know. Because she's worried of what they're going to do to Negan. Because obviously they come upon a scene, a person's dead. It clearly looks like Negan's done it. There's beef between all parties involved. Um, so Negan's back in the jail cell. Daryl goes to see him, and you know Negan's like, "Well, this is an interesting predicament." It's like you've been wanting to kill me since since you first met me, and now here I am, um, and you don't know what to do with me. And he said, "You know, hey." And she and Daryl's like, well, you know, what do you care? You know, you're you're not one to to care about these people. And you know, part of it from Negan's perspective as well, it's a bunch of people beating up on a kid. Uh, and number two, he tries to convince Daryl that, hey, I, I'm I'm trying to adapt to your way of life, to the way you do things here. And he Daryl and uh, Negan says, he goes, I appreciate this is some messed up shit. And he goes, and I appreciate some messed up shit. <laughs> that was it. It was a good Negan line. Uh, so anyway, so Daryl has a conversation with Carol about how things are going, and Carol's like, "Man, things are things are getting bad. Like with what's going on here, the the Walker attack, what's what's happening on Hilltop, 
you know, people are talking about leaving, uh, you know, this, this bit, this stuff with Negan, like it's all just, just not good. And uh, she's almost childlike now. Yeah. And, and you can almost like see some of this being manipulated by the whispers, like, especially mm-hmm. if they did have something to do with the tree falling down in the barn, like it seems like they're, again, it's the war of attrition, death by a thousand cuts, you know, mm-hmm. they send, you know, wave after wave after wave of, of uh, zombies before the negotiation, you know, they keep them docile by constantly giving them crises to deal with. And by putting Lydia in the middle of all that, it's just so dissent yeah. among the Alexandrians. I mean, that, that can only work in the whispers be, uh, uh, favor, you know? So, yeah, it's a little bit of a, of a backfire too, because I think when Gabriel, I think Gabriel kind of started this in motion based on his conversation with Negan. And now people are starting to get kind of worked up and, you know, the, I think the intention was let's focus our anger on the on the whisperers, and the side effect is well they they see Lydia as one of the as a whisperer, and so she mm-hmm. gets kind of caught in the crossfire of of all these you know all these people are worked up as it is, and then they 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 see somebody that's associated with them, and you know it kind of it's kind of feeding the the fire so to speak. Well, there was that interesting part too. I think it's right around where you're talking about now. Forgive me if I, you know, I'm getting ahead, but like Michonne tells Daryl over the radio that like not to let Lydia let Lydia leave yeah. or be or because she might be the only reason Alpha isn't unleashing her horde. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's right after this. Daryl ends up calling Michonne um, because they, they they decide to. Uh, well, before all that, uh, they, we after his conversation with Carol, we cut back to the hilltop outside the hilltop, and it's just like chaos and. Uh, the, the group out there, Luke and Magna and uh, and Yumiko, they're all fighting uh, and trying to they're trying to stave off the walkers from coming through until they get they get enough time to get everybody that's trapped out to clear some of the debris to maybe try and see if they can shore that uh, section of the wall up. Um, but it's they're they're obviously not doing well, and the, the walkers start to really overrun them, and they get pulled back, and Yumiko. Uh, Magna thinks if they just hold hold a little tighter, that they could they could clear them out, that they could they could turn the tide. And Yumiko kind of pulls her back because uh, she's worried about her, and the rest of them decide to fall back as well. So they come inside the walls, and of course, once they do, the wall section where the tree fell comes down, and the walkers come in. And just as that happens, of course, our heroes arrive. Uh, Michonne and her crew come up. And uh, I, I literally have in my notes as they start to fight, I'm like, damn, Judith, <laughs> um, yeah. because she's right there side by side with Michonne, almost like a choreograph moves. Um, it was awesome. It was really I, cool. I, yeah. That yeah. was the highlight of the episode for me was seeing little Judith with that sword uh, doing the moves. Um, so after all that is done, we come back to Alexandria and, and Daryl calls Michonne and says, hey, the council's meeting. This is what happened. Um, you know that that there's there's trouble, and then we kind of cut. It kind of cuts back and forth a little bit between Michonne and Daryl's conversation and the council, and it's clear that Gabriel and and the council don't buy the story that's being told to the, to them because the, the, their story is oh well, um, Lydia told them to meet him there, and they did, and her and Negan jumped them and killed Margot. Then why is she the one in the infirmary? Yeah, and that's yeah, that's kind of the Gabriel's like. Well, if you were thought she was a psycho and she was crazy, why would you agree to meet her? And 
you know, why is she the one in the infirmary? <laughs> you know, if all, and, and he, they're like, well, our friend is dead. And, but, but clearly they don't buy. And honestly, I don't think this is so much about them buying the story or not. It's more about the fact that Negan killed somebody. It's optics. Yeah. 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 Um, Wait, the two least popular people in the settlement, <laughs> you know, backing yeah. each other up. I mean, that's, that's yeah. not a good look. You know? No. Um, but yeah, this is Michelle. This is what Michonne tells Daryl, like, "Hey, you have to protect Lydia." And he's like, "Yeah, I know." And she's like, "No, no, no, you have to protect her," because <clears throat> she, because she's starting to piece it all together, right? Like Alpha is not one to show mercy, but she did, and so Michonne is thinking, "Well, as long as we have Lydia, Michonne, uh, you know, Alpha's not going to send the horde on Alexandria because, you know, she knows that that Lydia will get caught up in it." Um, and so Michonne trusts Daryl to do the right thing and says that he could be his, her proxy for, for the vote. Um, and again, we flip back to the council and Aaron is making a case against Negan. Aaron's like, you know, this is who he is. He's a killer. You know, why are we even, you know, talk, you know, he needs to, he needs to be dealt with. And Sadiq, which did he not take any of his ordeal with him last week into consideration there? Sure. I mean, yeah, but, Given, I don't know. I, given what he's done, again, I get it. There's a lot of you know people remain skeptical about Negan. It's like, okay, is he playing me to earn favor to do worse damage later? Right. That's all. No, I can see head. Aaron being skeptical, but I didn't see him as being one to be the prosecutor of it. You know, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that. But I get it. Yeah, but Sadiq says like, hey, the Whisperers are our enemy, not. You know, th- that's who's doing all this. You know, everything that's going on in the hilltop and, you know, what what's going on here. Like, this is all them. They're the enemy. Um, and Gabriel wants to take the night uh, to make up his mind. And Daryl says, like, you need to make a decision tonight. Um, you know, Michonne has, has asked me to be your proxy. And Daryl's worried that, like, if, if you all don't make a decision on what to do with him, that the mob outside is basically going to decide for you. Um, but Gabriel stands, you know, Gabriel's always kind of been indecisive, a little Weasley. So he kind of stands up. It's, it's almost like he doesn't, once again, he doesn't want to make the hard choice. Right. So he stands up and says, I'm going to take the night and clear my head. So even that's why it seems so weird that he gets put in a leadership position now and again, you know what I mean? Yeah. He seems like the least leadership guy in the group to me. I mean, Other, other than Eugene, you know? He did redeem himself over the seasons and stuff like that, but again, this is kind of odd. Like, I don't know though who at that table would have been. Maybe, I mean, maybe Daryl, but even then, I don't know who who they would have left in charge. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Aaron, but um, Negan be dead already if it was Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we cut back to Michonne, and so after she's done talking to Daryl, uh, somebody from Oceanside calls her, and uh, she the, the next morning she tells the rest of the, the people at the hilltop, like, that they spotted a, a whisper creeping around, uh, and it wasn't far from where they found the mask. And so this is where Michonne says, like, hey, first time <clears throat> with what happened at, at Alexandria could be a coincidence. The second time, you know... Not, maybe not so much. The third time, uh, no. 
So she's she's thinking that this is this is all tied together, and then they need to look look into it. And so, of course, Luke wants to go because he's he's got his eye on somebody over at Oceanside. Um, Eugene says that he wants to stay, and and his Eugene speak is essentially saying he wants to help them fix the fence. Which I think is part of it. I think part of it is he wants to get away at, from the Rosita Sadiq Gabriel um, awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he says he'll watch over Judith, and uh, Michonne's like, "Nope, Judith is coming with." Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, so of course, the next morning, Gabriel goes to the cell and has this look on his face, and of course, Negan is gone. Um, well, we don't. We, we he just has this crazy look on his face, and then runs off, and he goes over, over, of course, to to go get um, to go get Daryl, and and he's gone, and so. Uh, right away, Lydia walks out and she confesses and says it was her that did it. And she pretty much walks over to the jail and, and sets herself down. Uh, and then Daryl goes over there and says, look, I, you didn't set him free. And she's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, no, you're lying. You didn't leave last night. I didn't hear you leave last night. And since Daryl's explicitly keeping an eye on her to make sure she's safe, knowing what's going on, he would know if she left or not. Uh, My theory, it's Carol. Oh, maybe so. Um. So yeah, she feels like she's better in in the in jail anyway. That's where everybody wants her. She's she'd actually be safer there. Um, but she said, "Yeah, my mother was right about one thing. She's like, when you when everything's fine, you people you know rally together. But the minute you get scared, you pick a target and you go after that target." Yeah, she says. Uh, well, she says, you know, you people put on these little polite faces, but they're just a mask. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, in reference to the masks that the whispers wear. Yeah. Basically, just, we we all have our own masks that we yeah. And just like uh, what uh, Negan had warned uh, Gabriel about, like a little fear, and people are going to turn without direction. You know, without direction, they're they're, they're all falling into little cliques and and mobs and uh well plus i mean the whispers keep you know nibbling away right you know, at, right. at the different settlements with mm-hmm. you know the hordes and you know, the tree or whatever else you know the you know it, at first you'd say you know what 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 is the um the 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 saying the first you know first is that happening the second time is coincidence third time mm-hmm. is enemy enemy action you know? yeah so. And she's she's been among them before because she hid among them when, uh, you know, before she killed all those people. So she kind of know, you know, she kind of knows how they are. Yeah. And what buttons to push, which is why she's doing what she's doing. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if it's really her doing it, or if yeah. it's, if it's a faction within the whispers that's doing it to stir up trouble because they just mm-hmm. they feel like maybe they feel Alpha's weak. And so they're, they're stirring up trouble to, to prompt a reaction to force her hand. Um, so Yeah, and if she has to stop them to save her daughter. Yeah. So this will be interesting to see if, if Alpha is really behind this or if it's somebody mm-hmm. else that's forcing her hand. Um, yeah, could. So, yeah, so then the episode pretty much ends with uh, Daryl leaving her in the cell. He goes back to, to his house and starts cleaning the words off of the the door. And then they, we pan around and we see that 
um, uh, Silence the Whisperers is written everywhere, like multiple houses. It's on the main gate. It's it's it, the graffiti is everywhere. Uh, so obviously the the de- damn it, Banksy. Yeah, the sentiment in in the in the settlement is definitely uh, anti whisperer at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's where we leave it. Well, I don't think anybody's pro whisperer. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Um, so before we head into our busters and our audience buster ratings, uh, we'll do a little. Uh, a little advertisement for DCB service. Uh, it's the end of October as Halloween approaches. Uh, that means the October solicits are going to be due here pretty soon. So if you haven't put in your order at DCBService.com, uh, definitely go to the website and check out uh, what you're what you're potentially going to miss on if you don't jump on it. Um, they do take late orders. So if you're hearing this and it's like the 2nd or 3rd of November, don't worry. Uh, you can still put that in there. And then, of course, using around the 5th or the 6th uh, by the t- Probably by the time we record next week, uh, the new solicits will be up, the November solicits, so there will be all kinds of new goodness coming up. With the holidays approaching, don't forget that uh, it's not just comics and not just graphic novels. They have all kinds of – anything you can pre-order in the previews catalog. So it's action figures, T-shirts, wallets, uh, statues, all kinds of cool uh, geeky stuff over there. Um, and again, like I said, Christmas is approaching. InStockTrades.com, you can head over there where if you order $50 or more, you'll get free shipping. So thank you for their support. Oh, yeah, they have all kinds of great deals right now. Uh, 50% off uh, DC and Marvel D- uh, hardcovers and trade papers. They have Marvel bundles with the new relaunch of X-Men, if you want to get in on that. Uh, they have uh, a lot of 50% off deals there. Birds of Prey, 50% off. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man hardcover, fifty percent off. Um, like like Russ said, yeah, it's a great place to get gifts, save money, and uh, get your shopping done. And uh, know that you got the best deal you could, and get some really cool, cool stuff. Indeed. So check it out, dcbservice.com. And we're not just shop. we're not just their uh, they're not just their sponsors. They're also. Uh, we're also, uh, or was it they used to say with the hair club for men? We're not just a president, we're also a client. Yes, exactly. We also, we also yes. use DCB service quite a bit, I know. You know, Russ does and, and Rich does, and we always yeah, are sure. really pleased with the quality and service and variety. Just got price. a package yesterday. Sweet. All right, so what did we think about this episode? Daryl, I'll let you go first. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I did. I really dug the, uh, the, I didn't know where they were going with the Michonne and, um, and, uh, oh my God. Ezekiel? And Ezekiel. I didn't know where they were going to go with that at first. Um, but I did like that exchange. (laughs) It was kind of funny how they, they were like, oh, in another universe, Maybe we could have got together, but you know, kind of, kind of joking about it from the books. Like we're not going to do what the books, you know, it's not going to be exactly like the books. The Walking Dead extended universe. Yeah, um, and the whole thing with the whisperers and and how they're just uh, and how we react. Right, we're supposed to be a civilized place, but uh, you know, throw a little bit of fear and confusion, and then we. Uh, 
become paranoid, you know, mobs uh, ready to jump and beat up on a on a on a a young teenage girl. Um, it just shows the ugliness, and that's the stuff that I, I like. How it shows what Negan was trying to say. Um, that it's always under there. It's it's always there, and that's why you have to instill that kind of fear in your leadership a little bit to kind of keep them in line. Because when you don't, it turns. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I I gave it a four out of five. I, I really did enjoy this episode. It was strong. Uh, a lot of strong character uh, moments in this in this episode this week. Nice. Jim, what do you think? Um, I give it a three. It's like, it was okay. Like, the Lydia Negan stuff I liked. And, you know, Negan trying to find his place and then uh, messing up, like, you know, me and trying to do a good thing. Like, that whole that whole thread worked for me. The, um, I don't know. It, was, it just seemed like there were a lot of pieces moving on the board. A lot of, like, wearing and tearing down on our people and kind of shuffling where they are in relation to one another. So, um, it just, you know, I mean, it was fine. I just, my sensibility and Negan stuff really stuck out for me. Um, so I'll give it a three. Rich? Yeah, uh, the Lydia Negan stuff, that was probably the heart of the episode for me. I mean, what I liked the most about it. Um, and, you know, I know that there's this redemption arc with Negan and everything, and, I don't quite know where I stand on it, but I do like seeing the the evolution of his character and especially where it's come to in this episode. Um, I mean, it's not just obvious that he cares about Lydia, but he just cares about people for once. Um, uh, I did love the Judith kicking ass with the sword. I mean, that was, that was pretty awesome, pretty epic moment. Um, the, all the stuff like Jim was talking about the shuffling around and the people moving bay, just it was kind of noise in the background that just filled in between the stuff going on with Lydia and everything um, I, I'm curious as to what is going on at Oceanside and then um, at the end I have a feeling where that reveal of the jail um, is going um, I kind of hope it is anyway um, and I bet that'll get us to our mid-season finale um, my theory is it was possibly Daryl who let Negan out but I have a feeling it was Carol So, and I give it um, I mean four times at bat so far this season and as far as I'm concerned four, four home runs I mean this is four out of five easy um, good episode so if you look near the jail cell, there's a dumpster. So obviously it was Glenn. Oh. He's been hiding out under there waiting for his moment, man. I know. <laughs> I will give it a four out of five. Uh, I think if it wasn't for that terrible musical montage in the beginning or the end, I would probably have given it a little higher. Um, but the Judith the Judith scene gave it an easy half point for me. I mean, that was that was awesome i just i really like what they're doing i like that we're getting a little bit of infighting we're you know what amounts to like political intrigue uh in this world uh it's still not clear as to who's behind what's going on so there's a little bit of mystery you know with it 
so yeah, I, I'm I'm digging I'm digging what's going on. So yeah, four out of five for me. Um, but Aaron wrote us in. Would somebody like to read what Mr. Newarth had to say? Hey guys, sorry I'm out again, and at this rate, I may only make it for the mid-season finale. Speaking of which, I have an idea of where things are going, and it has to do with Negan, who shares the best storyline with Lydia this week. Uh, seeing them deal with being outcast, bullied by Alexandrians, made for good tension, that had me engaged by them. It doesn't hurt that those two are doing some of the best acting on the show currently. Basically, I like that stuff a lot. Uh, the hilltop was okay, but Cudlet's direction didn't set it up all that great. Same can be said for Ezekiel, where the camera never showed what kind of suicide jump he'd be making if he went through with it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, that said, his scene with Michonne was well-written, a bit tonally all over the place, and that music was a bit insufferable. But decent enough episode, thanks to Alexandria. Three and a half busters. Cool. Well, we have a great Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast where the folks there leave their busters. What did the folks have to this week to say, Mr. Jim Dietz? Well, not a whole heck of a lot, but I'm so glad we got to plaster the picture of that uh, topless uh, minivan uh, <laughs> on the uh, uh, Walking to TV podcast Facebook group because I really, uh, I really, that was on. I forgot to mention I really enjoyed that, you know, that. Their uh, minivan, their two, what was it you call it, two-horse convertible, whatever. Two-horse-powered ho- two uh, soccer mom mobile. Sure. Uh, Mike Jones writes in, three faulty walls out of five. The pros, Negan and Lydia, those two play well off of each other. The cons, the intro, the outro song. Yeah, it seems like everybody's down on that song. Not since Easy Street has a song been so terrible in this show. Uh, the council voting on Negan. There was no question to Negan's innocence. The unexplained tension between Magna and Yumiko was also useless. I bet that Dodge Grand Caravan runs better now than when it was new. Uh, Leo Kavala, two or 3.8 of 5 Magna in hot action. Uh, nothing special except for Negan and Lydia dynamic. Hope to see him more in next episodes. Uh, Mary Turkpecchia, 3 inept solo guards out of 5. I'm not sure how it happened, but my favorite characters this season are Negan and Alpha. Uh, in agreement with other ratings that the interaction with Negan and Lydia was definitely the bright spot. Gia's was adorable in her samurai ass-kicker moment, and I liked the heart-to-heart with Michonne and Ezekiel. Uh, looking forward to next week. P.S. Do you think Carol unleashed the Negan? Yes. Okay. And I guess the second guess would be Gabriel. Uh, he looked a little too surprised for me. Like, yeah. why why make a point of him going and having that surprised look when nobody was around? Like, if he had a bunch of people with him and was like, "I'm shocked, shocked that you're you've you're not here anymore," I would have been like, "Oh, okay, maybe it was him." But there's no reason to show a shocked look on a man that has no witnesses. Right? Shocked, I say. Okay, so thank you for everybody who wrote in with their Buster Ratings on the Facebook group. Uh, please join us. We're yeah, happy to have you. Uh, we're always happy to hear from our uh, listeners and the feedback and all that good stuff. So please join us, won't you? Uh, well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, you can check me out over here at HHWLED.com. We've been doing our uh, coverage of HBO's Watchmen show. Um, so episode zero and episode one are already up on the feed. 
or you can go to hhwld.com to ch- check the episode out. Um, we'll have another episode coming up this week to talk about yeah. episode two. Um, oh, my. Yes. Um, but where can all the folks find everything else that we do around and about the Internet, Mr. Taylor? Uh, you can uh, find a recent episode of Nothing's On where we hit 350 with me and Jim holding it down while uh, Donnie is away. That's, 350. That's, 350. That is up right now. Bob Buck 350. We talked about the new Dolomite movie. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. talked about the some of the shows that have gotten renewed and canceled mm-hmm. already. We talked about the whole shakeup at Marvel TV. We talked about the, the Joker uh, and the people who are mad that those stairs being taken over in the Bronx by people with selfie sticks. Uh, <laughs> we covered a yeah. lot. Yeah, covered we covered a lot. A lot. Of, yeah, we're covering a lot of, lot of, lot of news this, this week. So, yeah, check that, that out. Fun. So you, Episode 350. Yeah, you can, uh, in, on Gotham by Geeks with me and Russ, we, we, uh, along with uh, Hassan, and uh, we covered a lot of the uh, recent Batman uh, comics and, and some of the uh, Elseworlds tales. Uh, <laughs> off to a shaky start, start, but we covered it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of other great podcasts over there, like, uh, DC All-Stars, which has, uh, Chubb and, and Jim again, and Jerry, and we're catching up on all the, uh, DCCW shows, uh, you know, getting ready for the, you know, counting down to crisis. Um, That's right. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. The Flash right now about crisis and yeah, yeah. yeah. Earth Two's already gone. Whoops. Whoops. Exactly. So uh, check damn it, it Oliver. <laughs> I know. Messed up again. Well, we uh, nice things. Damn it, Barry. I know. Barry always messes up. Boy, it's a uh, nice timeline you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Oops. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can go to the Taylor Network, uh, the feeds, there's a Taylor Network feed on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or whatever iTunes is, um, Spotify, and also you can just go to the website itself, TaylorNetworkPodcast.com, and get it there. Cool. Rich? Uh, yeah. I think Daryl covered it for all of us. So basically, hhwlod.com, Taylor Network of Podcasts, and I'm on the socials at chubtoad01. Jim? Uh, let's see. Russ mentioned the Watchmen podcast. Daryl mentioned all the stuff on the Taylor Network. I will also add that I'm on Fiverr. I'm uh, you know, for hire for voiceover work or voice acting works or uh, podcast editing. Uh, or as an underwear model. No. Not so much. Uh, J-M-D-I-E-T-Z 840. Uh, my rates are right there on Fiverr, and you can hire me to uh, do any of those things that I mentioned, not what Rich mentioned. Also, uh, oldmagicgaming.com, we have our D&D podcasts uh, housed over there. We're about to start Season 2 on uh, both of our adventures, so it'll be a good jumping-on point for new listeners. Get ready for that. Uh, happening in just another couple weeks, oldmagicgaming.com. Check it out. Cool, and you can check out Aaron's podcast out now with Aaron and Abe, where they talk about the latest movie reviews, uh, movies coming out uh, that they review, uh, as well as a bunch of commentaries, which Mr. Dietz uh, 
Well, I was uh, recently on a special uh, Halloween episode where we talked about our favorite practical effects in horror movies. Nice. Uh, I talked to the American Werewolf in London and The Fly and uh, Dawn of the Dead and a lot, of, a lot of good stuff there. So, what about yeah. Evil Dead? That's that may, I think Dead Alive made the list. Uh, but uh, we, we had to narrow it down to just a few of uh, our favorites, but those were some of them. We, we covered a lot of ground in that episode, though. We talked about a lot of different movies, a lot of great practical effects. In horror movies, we also talked a bit about Greg Nicotero. Um, no stranger to the Walking Dead fans out there. So if you're into that kind of horror stuff, that's definitely worth checking out. Cool. Definitely do that. And then go to weliveentertainment.com uh, where Aaron does his written reviews as well. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth... Appreciate the messed up word. You can't be doing shit like that. I just did. <laughs> Good night, everybody.